missions that we have uh, for missionaries and gave them a $1,250 offering. And I know they were so very grateful, so very grateful. Couldn't do it without your help, your blessing, and loving the work of missions and our missionaries. Praise God. I want to get right into the word of the Lord this morning. And if you would, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24 through verse 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through verse 27. Amen. It reads like this. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we an incorruptible, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest that by any means when I have preached to others I myself should be a castaway Lord we thank you for the word this morning we ask you to speak into our hearts and help us to receive of you and we ask in Jesus name we pray everybody said amen You may be seated. God bless you. The Apostle Paul, it was not beyond him to to reference uh, a cultural thing in the the place where they lived. Um, How many have ever heard of the Olympics? You've heard of uh, Summer Olympics and Winter Olympics and, and uh, uh, the uh, competitions, and I'm sure that you have seen them, and uh, some of them can be very fascinating, and some of them are like, what are they doing? But uh, uh, the Olympics began in the culture area that he was. Uh, actually, uh, in uh, uh, Greece, and uh, uh, so he was familiar with races and running, and uh, he was familiar with these things. And he referenced how that they do it to obtain an award, a, a crown, uh, a crown that is uh, corruptible, uh, meaning that it's just uh, it's just a thing that's not going to have lasting effect more than what you can put on the shelf and save it maybe for the rest of your life. I I, I don't know about you, but uh, maybe you have uh, some trophies uh, that you have won uh, when you were in the competitive uh, uh, arena. Some people uh, they just change their. Uh, their, their sport, uh, uh, maybe 
maybe golfing is more of a, a, an adult sport. And, and uh, some of you may have something that you've won. I, I've played golf, and I, I tell you, I have not won an award. Amen. I, I told uh, uh, Leighton, uh, I, I told him, Sister Alicia's son, he he's a, likes to play golf, and so he has friends that plays golf. And I said, hey, I said, I'd like to go play golf with you sometime. And they said, yeah, that'd be great. And so uh, we picked a day, and we went out to Norwoods and, and uh, uh, went out on the golf course. And uh, I got up there, and I teed off, and I hit it, and it went to the side somewhere and, and uh, stood back proud of my hit, you know, and they got up there and I saw them hit the first ball. I got back on the cart. I says, I'll drive and just watch you all. (laughs) They were good. And I was not good. And so uh, that's about the extent. I didn't get an award that day, I'll tell you that. But uh, uh, Paul said, uh, know you not that they which run they which run. Let me talk about running. I, now, that was something I used to love to do uh, when I was in school. If there was any sport that attracted me so much that I felt like I could compete in, it was probably track. And uh, I have told the story. Uh, some of you maybe have not heard that, but when I was in the seventh grade, now, yes, I, was, uh, I used to be in seventh grade. And uh, when I was in the seventh grade in Monroe City, in the uh, what is now the middle school gym, it's the old gym, and uh, 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 Coach Dan Mudd uh, was his name, and uh, he was uh, running some runs in the gym. It was the seventh and eighth graders. Now, junior high only went to the eighth grade. I was in the seventh grade, and there was eighth graders in my class. And so uh, he said, here's what we're doing, and we're just competing down to the last one, whoever wins. And it was down to the last race if I and an eighth grader between the two of us, and if I won that race, I would have been considered, you know, the fastest. And and I was really just uh, looking forward to to having that crown. And, uh, uh, and so it was uh, run the first line and back to the base and middle court and back and third. Some of you all have done that and then all the way to the end and back. And as I was running towards that end line and uh, to make that last sprint, I tripped. And uh, has you, have you ever run and your head got f- faster than your body? And you're trying to just spend the time catching your feet up with your head to keep balance. Well, the wall got there before I reached that. And I crashed into a concrete block wall and uh, hard, so hard, it knocked the wind out of me. I fell on the floor. It had never happened like that before. I'd never had the wind knocked out of me before or since. And uh, I was groaning and... uh, I was trying to get my breath back, and I finally, it's embarrassing. You know, coach comes over, he's okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Well, let me help you up. And I started, oh, that hurt. And uh, anyway, I got up, and immediately both wrists began to swell. He said, why don't you go over and sit in the, uh, uh, the booth over there, he says, until we watch. Uh, uh, you can just watch us play out here. And, and, uh, 
had to call my mom. I went to Doc Walterscheid, and I remember him. And uh, he said, uh, listen, he said, uh, you have fractured both wrists. And uh, in those days, they put you in the hospital. And uh, so I stayed in the hospital, every hospital overnight. The next day he came and put cast on. And he put cast from here, clear up to here on both arms, and I held him there, and he put them on. And when he got done, I couldn't reach my mouth. That's right. My mama had to feed me for a few weeks, and uh, that's embarrassing for a seventh grader. I'm going to tell you that. And uh, finally, after a couple of weeks missing school, they said, uh, you want to come back to school? We got people that will carry your books for you and all that. I said, well, okay. And so I went back, and they says, uh, and you want them to feed you? No, you're not going to feed me. Amen. And uh, I, I, I won't uh, make you laugh at the way I did eat. Amen. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it was, uh, it was a, a miserable situation. I, I'm talking about running for a moment. Now, hear me out. But I learned this when I got into high school and I would run on the track. And, and uh, that season came where they would try to uh, build you up for running. And, and I was out of shape and, and I would take off running. And that, especially when they did laps around that track, whew, running a mile, it was just about to kill me. Uh, and I would be hurting in my side so badly. And when I got done, I literally would be physically sick that's how much it taxed me and uh during the the days that we were developing ourselves the class after that running i missed it for several days because i'd spent it in the nurse's station trying to recover from being sick until finally i developed enough to where i was able to do so running 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 There are several kinds of runs I have found, and one of them is the dash. Now, I was good at the dash, and I'm talking about myself this morning. I'm not good at a dash anymore, I'm going to tell you that. But I I remember, man, it was that short distance. It was a burst of speed, and that's where I got it. I was off the line fast, and everybody could run as fast as me, but I had the fastest start. And so it made me the winner of the short distance, the dash. But there was one thing that I was not very, very fond of. And that was something called cross country. Cross country meant that you had to, you you didn't just take off fast, but it was more, you just got to pace yourself and you got to keep ongoing. And so those long relays and those long times that you paced yourself and sometimes it was the guy that took off the fastest ended up being the last. He was the one that got a quick start, but he didn't stay at it. The one that won that race was the one that continued. Do you know the Bible talks about that? It talks about he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. The Bible talks about the endurance of the of the uh, uh, importance of that. This morning, uh, I want to talk to you about something I'm going to call cross 
country. Amen. Cross country. Now, I believe I can bring it to a place to where Jesus was not talking about running. He wasn't talking about an Olympic event. But I do believe he mentioned something about the cross. He said in Matthew 16 and 24, he then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Uh, today there is a, a whole industry, if you would, in the area of what they want to call Christian jewelry. Um, and it has to do with uh, a, a cross. Um, uh, if I can just put a, a cross on, it's uh, some sense of identity. And, and uh, uh, But Jesus was not talking about uh, a, a piece of jewelry. Um, no, the cross he talked about was something that was recognized in that day as a method of death. Uh, literally, it was a method of death. So Something that you died upon. That's what the cross was. And the one that bore that cross was one that was going to die upon that cross. And so when Jesus said, let him take up his cross, he preceded it by saying, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So often we have, as as the the church, the modern church uh, has tried to uh, make it easy uh, to be a part of walking with God. Uh, In other words, uh, uh, come on, uh, uh, go ahead and join up. There's no cost to it. Uh, It's just uh, all free. Salvation is free, my friend, uh, but walking with God requires a price. Uh, Amen. Uh, It requires something that we uh, must, as Jesus said, if you're going to follow me. You've got to remember there's a price to pay. You've got to learn how to deny yourself. You're not pampering yourself. You're denying yourself. Oh, there are times that we are blessed abundantly and we should know that. Amen. But friend, I'm telling you, I believe that we are in a process of learning to strengthen ourselves. Uh, somebody said, and it's in the it's in the uh, uh, vortex of uh, of uh, understanding uh, being strengthened for sport. They say no pain, no gain, uh, and I understand that uh, there is times that it's painful. Uh, but thank God, there's times when you go through that uh, when you're in the race, uh, it comes a lot easier. Uh, the man who is unprepared, uh, the man who doesn't go to the gym, the man who doesn't get out early and run. I came, uh, I was at uh, uh, the hospital, Sister Diana Campbell, I was at the hospital the last time when Chad was there, and uh, we were there till very early um, in the morning, and and I I came back home, and it was uh, one of those times when I thought, man, I'm just too wide awake, I'd had a coffee, I said, I'm not going to just go to the house, I think I'm just going, the town was waking up, you know, and I thought, let me just drive down Main 
street and back, and, and I'll make my way home. And, and as I was coming up, it was about quarter till five in the morning uh, uh, about that time, and I was coming near the post office, and I looked, I thought, who in the world is out here running at this Hour. And here were some people running before five o'clock in the morning. They were wide awake and I thought this isn't a time for me to do that. Amen. But that is what they enjoy. There's people that do that on a daily basis. They do that. But oh, I'm going to tell you, I know some people that love to get up early. It's not because they're going to be exercising and lifting weights and running on the treadmill, but there's saying, oh, Jesus, I'm praying you'll bless me today. I need the strength of the Holy Ghost. I need your name, your power. What are you doing? I'm I'm getting myself ready because I'm going on a run today. Amen. I'm in a race, and I plan on making it to the end. I plan on making it all the way. That's what I'm doing when I come to church, when I don't feel like it sometimes. Amen. You know what I'm doing? I'm in a race. I'm still in the fire. I'm in the battle. It's a strengthening exercise for me, but I'm going to make it somehow. I serve a God that can help me. I serve a God that is able. I serve a God that can. I serve a God that's on my side. I'm in this to win. I'm in this to make it all the way. I plan on getting a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Somebody ought to say amen. The Bible tells me uh, uh, that in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 14 and verse 6, uh, Jonathan uh, and his uh, uh, armor bearer, uh, it, was a, it was a situation where there was a stalemate in the battle. And uh, uh, the, the enemy was in its place. And, and uh, Jonathan feels like, you know, something's got to break. Something's got to happen. And the Bible says in First Samuel 14 and 6, And Jonathan said to the young man that bear his armor, Come and let us go over into the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be, everybody say, it may be. It may be that the Lord will. It may be that the Lord will. I could stop there and say, you fill in the blank. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you are needing in your life, I'm telling you, it may be that the Lord will heal me. It may be that the Lord will save. It may be that the Lord will provide. It may, oh, somebody help me. I feel faith rising in this house this morning. It may be, he said, that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord. Lord, to save by many or by few. Jonathan said, it may be the Lord will. Amen. The scripture lets me know about three Hebrew boys that went towards that king that said, look, maybe you misunderstood. But they said, no, sir, we didn't misunderstand. We serve a God that can. And I know that he may not. Amen. But if not, I want you to know we're still not going to bow down. And I 
I, I want you to know my God can. It seems they took, these people took a step of faith that said, I may not make it, but I know God can. So here goes. I'm just going to step out and do this anyway. Hallelujah. I'm going to do, you know what the Bible says in a race, in a race, he said, there's only one that obtains. Now, in the race we're running, we're all going to obtain if you stay in it. But in that race, in those Olympics, there's only one winner. Oh, they got bronze and they've got silver medals. But you know who everybody wants to be? The gold medal. That's their goal is to get that one Winner. Amen. Oh, I feel like telling you this morning that they're all in the race. They don't say, well, there's no chance I'm going to make it, so I just won't do it. He's faster than me. If there's 10 guys lined up, 10 guys are going to run, and only one of them's going to get the reward. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you, you don't back off because somebody's better than you. You're in this race because God says, I want to see what you can do. I want you to go after it. Amen. And so it's, it seems that they took a step of faith. They said, I may not make it, but I know God can. So here goes. What if in any step of faith would you take knowing he can, but if not, you're willing to leave that in God's hands. Three Hebrew boys, a commitment to the truth, their faith, their embodiment of beliefs. Jonathan, in a conflict, a battle, an oppression of the enemy, something's got to break, we were singing. What's yours? Believe in God can, but no guarantee he will. Would you try? Here's the thing. Believing that he can leaves the door open for him. Whatever he does or doesn't do is not going to change my belief that he can. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I want you to know I have never seen blinded eyes opened. I, there's some, I've never seen the dead raised to life. Amen. But that doesn't mean I don't believe he can. It's when I close that door and say, nope, I don't believe he can do it. You have shut the door on opportunity. You have shut the door on potential. But I believe I'm preaching to somebody that says, I believe in a God that 
can. I believe in a God. Oh, what are you doing? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to keep on. I'm thinking in my mind many years ago when I was just a young man on a Saturday night at the old church that I grew up in. They had a service every Saturday night. It was called prayer and faith. My pastor preached from the same passage that I am preaching from today. He preached two Saturdays in a row. One of them, he jogged the whole time while he preached. Amen. Run, run. And the other one he preached, he boxed the whole time while he preached. He was, oh, we're not fighting as one that beat at the air. You know why? He said, look, he says, you're looking at somebody that is fighting a real battle. I'm preaching to people this morning. You fight real battles of life. You fight real devils that come against you, but I'm serving a real God. Amen. I'm serving a real God that's on my side and able to help me. We hear of taking a step of faith, but some things we need more than a step. We need to walk in faith. The Lord was not hesitant to tell someone they had little faith. We want to smooth it over. Tell them it's just someone else's problem. But Jesus said it's got nothing to do with the storm. Amen. But everything to do about the Lack of faith. Fear is cast out by perfect love. And when you have fear, then you you have doubt and unbelief. And doubt and unbelief makes faith dissolve. Amen. But fear is cast out. By perfect love. How do I know I have perfect love? Because you have faith. He loves you enough that he's taken care of you. I fall into his arms. I fall into his hands. I am trusting you. That's when peace comes. It comes like a river. It comes in a flood. It comes enveloping me. It, it drives out everything. A man that is fearful and unbelieving and therefore I come to him. Praise God. Uh, music come. Many believers take up the chant. Let my people go. Have you ever heard that? Let my people go. Without finishing the phrase that they may serve me. They're just Wanting them to go. But Raymond Woodward said, but a runaway slave is still a slave. You've let him go, but he's not changed. Jesus said this. He says, where are thine accusers? He asked the lady, do you have none? No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Listen, go. Did he stop there? He said, and sin no more. And sin no more. I want you to know there's deliverance here this morning. There's help this morning. 
I was over here a while ago. And just so clearly it come to my mind. Something I have talked with my wife several times and I would love to develop a study on this. Several years ago, I heard a uh, one of our preachers, he, he referenced a book. It's, it's not a religious book. It's not a book about the Bible. But it's a, it's a book that school teachers are familiar with. And it, it's a book that talks about uh, poverty. And uh, it, this, this was written by a former, uh, uh, I, I think, a principal of a school. And uh, <clears throat> had did a study of students and and uh, their their socioeconomic status and how it affected them and 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 families and uh, there there are three areas and one is the rich and one's the middle class and one's poverty and so this this was basically how does poverty affect the mindsets of my students and it's a very eye-opening kind of of thing and i'll give you a very simple illustration from from this that, that talks about the different mindsets said if you have if you have rich people and 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 they it's it's meal time this is what they, they see, and this is what impresses them about that meal. They, they will say, the china is beautiful. The silverware is a special brand. Would you look at this glass and how it's engraved and what they serve? It's what is it served upon? The room, the ornate, the, the beautiful table and the seat the chair that I'm sitting in if you come to middle class middle class has this thing huh, this is the best steak I have ever ate this is the oh who made these potatoes I don't know how I want to meet the chef I want to meet the cook this is good food but poverty is like this. Hey, there's plenty here. There's enough for everybody. Come on in, neighbors. Come on in, friends. We've got a plenty for everybody. They serve it on paper plates, or and 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 it, it's it's just we've got all kinds here, and it's for everybody. So everybody come eat. Different mindsets, same meal, different mindsets. <laughs> Isn't it something? This is what Jesus said. And this is what came to me a while ago. And I thought, this has opened it up to a whole new way of thinking for me. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. And so I, very quickly, I opened up the touch Bible. Because it is, I can touch the word and it will tell me the original interpretation or translation of that and I looked at poor 
And it means destitute. You came here and when, and, 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 and this is what happens. You're, depending on how your spirit is. Sometimes we've been around church long enough to where we're getting, we're getting on some strength and we, we've been fed long enough to where the thing that impresses us is, hey, look at this building. Isn't this a beautiful place? I love coming here because it's so comfortable. The seats are nice, the carpet, the comfort. The temperature's just right. We think of ourselves as rich. Or it could be, whoo, I'm telling you that message, that preacher, I want to hear that preacher again. Who is that preacher? Give me his tapes. I want, I want to hear him. I want to be on his following list on YouTube because I like that. But the poor. This is the best thing I've ever had. Everybody come. Come on, friends. Come on, family. Come on, neighbors. I I want you to come. We fill up the church. Those who are poor in spirit, they say it's only by the grace of God I'm here. It's only by the grace of God I'm saved. I'm destitute without him. I am nothing without him. Therefore, I want everybody to have this. If he gives me any at all, I've got everything I need. I'm telling you, the Lord is saying, you need to be of a poverty mindset about yourself. Stop thinking of yourself as, ah, I don't care for that. I think I'll wait till the better preacher. I think I'll wait till the better evangelist. I, I'm going to tell you what. If there's a 16-year-old boy that gets up here and he's got a call of God on his heart and he preaches five minutes, you get behind him and preach with him and say, that's good. Amen. You hang in there because God's got something for us all. It's going to feed your soul. Hallelujah. Get your notepad out because God's going to speak to you. I feel like somebody is being talked to this morning because when you came to the house of worship, you came with a desire. I want to win this race and the only way I can is if I get everything I can in this service I'm destitute without him I'm nothing without him I need Jesus more than anything would you stand with me right now hallelujah I need you Jesus I need you I need you I need you I need you hallelujah Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Almighty God, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. The old timers used to sing the song and it wouldn't hurt to sing it again and again and again and again. I surrender all, I surrender all. I give myself to you. If you feel that way this morning, would you just lift your hand to the Lord and just surrender again to Him? <laughs> I'm in this race to win, Lord. It's not just a sprint. It's not just a short. It's not just a short, hard run and I'm done. But I plan on making it all the way, so I'm pacing myself, Lord. And there's times I get to hurting and I have to stop. 
But Lord, I'm going to pick it up again and I'm going to do it again because I know the more I try, the better I'm going to get. I know the more I keep at it, the more it's going to get me closer to that goal at the end. I plan on making it all the way. Ah, he la 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 la.